Hey, it's Country Country Music, and this is our podcast about Zach Bryan. We hope you don't hate it. <laughs> Country, country music. There's a little reference for anyone who's been to his shows. <laughs> Said that a few times while introducing a few songs. I found it very, like, I, I love just, it's quite self-deprecating and I kind of just love it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I, I say that in, in, in love and jest. Yeah. You know, it's funny because he came off, like, when I when I first started listening to him, I, was, I tried to sometimes not watch some of his live stuff because to be honest he kind of came, came off initially to me as like a cocky prick and i was like from the concerts yeah from like live videos and stuff but then i quickly realized like absolutely not like he's just very low-key and like saying shit like that's hilarious and it's like you know he's not really that full of himself he's no, just he like, doesn't seem like it he's insecure like everybody else and i thought <laughs> that, was, that was cool which is where maybe where he finds the vulnerability to write all these fucking awesome emotional songs yeah all seven thousand that he's written in the last two 7, weeks thousand and fifty <laughs> yeah it's feverish pace a feverish pace yeah i, I don't know what would you, prolific wouldn't be the that, that would be an understatement <laughs> not all great but <laughs> i'd i'd say like there's very let's put it this way from my opinion there's very little shit i agree with that um, he may be casting a wide net, but he's still catching a lot of fish. Hundred percent. I don't even think that's a good saying, but <laughs> yeah. And I also say hundred percent to everything I agree with. So <laughs> not a hundred percent, like I'm maybe like, fifty, sixty like percent on that one. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna start gauging stuff like that. Yeah, seventy-four <laughs> percent. Yeah, just to offset my often hundred percents on everything. Yeah, no, I uh, I really like this guy. I, especially after we, so we just went to see him in concert a couple of weeks ago. So we're a little late on this podcast, but, uh, we've been bouncing his name back and forth for, I'd say a few months probably. Wow. And more than that, you've actually, I, that's true. You, you've been on the Zach Bryan train for a long time and you kept tossing things my way. And I, I don't think you tossed me the right songs for me yet. Yeah, that's fair. And I was like, yeah. And then, yeah, and then kind of <laughs> moved on. You're like 20%, 38%. Uh, it was never that low. Um, it, it, was, it wasn't ever low at all. It just, I think the, the, I forget what songs you were initially sending me. They weren't really resonating with me. They were off some of his earlier EPs um, that were like very acoustic, very singer-songwriter. Yeah. Um, not as... Uh, I guess not as country country as some of the stuff that he's doing now. Well, I wouldn't even know if we would fully call everything he does now country country, but it fits into that that conversation. Like th- this is why we want to have a bit more of a of a dissection or conversation of like Zach Bryan as a country artist. Is um, I don't know when when you were first sending me things when I don't know maybe a year ago. Um, it wasn't fully landing with me, but I remember when it started to, and I think you mentioned this when we were chatting on another podcast. Um, and when we were 
in Austin and you were playing me the video for Highway Boys. Yeah. It's like, yes, this is awesome. Who is this? And you're like, Zach Bryan. And it's like, oh, that guy <laughs> you keep sending me things that I haven't like really latched. Like I never not liked anything, but it didn't really uh, hit with me. And now, especially after going to that show, like I, I really liked American Heartbreak when it came out. I was listening to it front to back and uh, really starting to pick out some favorite songs. So when we saw that he was coming to Ottawa, we were both like, yes, we're getting, we're getting tickets, we're going. And I don't know, when I was going in there, I don't know what it was like when you were walking in, but he was part of like, who else was playing? The White Buffalo and Kathleen Edwards, yeah. who's like a friend and a great local Ottawa superstar um, in like the Americana alt country scene. And so she had a great set. Um, and it was, then, it was a weird lineup. Yeah, and also three. I should back that up a bit. I'm I'm not friends with Kathleen Edwards. I think that's me taking. We this. throw that around a lot. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> I, 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 I know her. We 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 we've conversated. Yeah. Uh, she also also used to be in the wine business, so like we kind of know each other. But so we were going to the show to see Kathleen and to see um, Zach Bryan, and I was walking in there in my usual cowboy boots, cowboy hat might have had buckle on as well too that day so it might have been like full tilt and the people scanning our tickets were like oh you're here for zach bryan eh was <laughs> there like, was a uniform that night oh man i didn't realize it so it wasn't even a uniform like a usual country concert well, where they all were the city all kids dressed wear. like zach bryan well <laughs> not even that like zach bryan wasn't wearing a cowboy hat or anything like th this was like w what i noticed was it wasn't like the usual like city chicks with boots on or like someone just wearing a cliche cowboy hat this was everyone i went to high school with yeah but like 20 years younger like yeah. this was like the gen z good old boys from all the rural towns around ottawa yeah all of the ottawa valley was out that night 100 percent. there you go 100 percent. once again <laughs> i gotta stop saying that uh and it was just like right down to your like Wranglers and cutoff sleeve Miller light t-shirts and mullets. Man, the mullets. It was a good show of mullets that night. I saw and two guys with the exact same cutoff sleeve Miller light t-shirt. Yeah. It yeah, looked vintage, but clearly they got it at like Target or something. I, I, I know who you're talking about. I saw those guys too. And <laughs> th this is what's really sticking in my mind along with those mullets. And also like five dozen cowboy hats yeah. and like n not the hugest show. Um, and yeah, it, it just, he seems like he's like the voice of a new, cause they were like ravenous. These like, and that average age must've been what? 23, 22. Yeah. Like th there was a lot of kids that were probably still in high school there. And like, it, it was 20s. really fucking cool to see. And everyone was singing every word, like just screaming. Like his first song was open the gate, which right on like, yeah well done uh that that was the song to fire everybody up with and like it started off kind of slow as like just kind of acoustic-y but then when the chorus hits and everybody just screamed and exploded singing all the words i think he was genuinely taken aback like how many times in the show was he like oh yeah holy shit guys yeah like i don't think he i don't know if he's been to canada to play or anything before this might have been his first one and I think it was genuinely taken aback by how much people liked and knew his music and were singing every word back to him. Um, yeah, like you're coming in to play, like j just to clarify where we saw him, it was a like a 
loosely called a, a folk festival in, in in Ottawa, Ontario, which is not the biggest market. They call it city folk now. Yeah, so it's a bit downtown, a bit rebranded, a bit different, a bit hipper. But I think you're right. I'm sure he wasn't expecting to roll in and have his regular. Because when you're playing a festival, you're not. It's not all your fans. I think that was very apparent to Kathleen Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it was. Uh, I'm sure he was taken aback because you're not ex- as a musician. You're not expecting that. It's it's not your concert. It's a festival with multiple artists, and you're gonna get a mishmash. And there were songs of his that were almost brand new, and people were singing every well, single. Well, I think he debuted, if not maybe the concert before, but he pretty much debuted "Burn, Burn, Burn" as his encore in Ottawa, and people still knew all the words to that. <laughs> it was... And it came out like the he had that Twitter thing, uh, like a day prior, where like. Thanks, random guy on Twitter, uh, or random guy on Twitter says release burn, burn, burn or something. And he did. I don't, I don't remember <laughs> what the conversation was. And then so he plays it the next night and like everyone's singing it back to him. That's it's on it's on Instagram, like one of his reels or something of burn, burn, burn from like three weeks ago. That's yeah. at the Ottawa show and everyone's like singing it back huh. after yeah. one day. And it's yeah, I, I, I love that. And I love he's obviously doing something right where he's plugged in. Um you know, to that, I guess that age group where they're, and I, I think he's doing the right thing by releasing content at such a feverish pace that, cause you're right, his fans are ravenous and they can't get enough. And they of, knew it all. Yeah. Yeah. They cannot Pump get out enough. more, they'll know it all. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know how he's continuing to do it, but, um, I don't know which it's, it's crazy to release that American heartbreak album. And then like, I think he had an EP out like what a month later if yeah, that. summertime blues yeah no not a month later a couple months later but yeah i don't even know if this if it was that long off really it was well anyways a month yeah. or a couple of months um it's still wild to be releasing music at that fast of a pace but that's i guess he's taking that trend of where artists have to constantly be releasing but it's just hilarious because most artists constantly release singles and he's releasing constantly eps and albums 30 track <laughs> records yeah <laughs> He must have a hell of a, a setup on his... Well, you know what? It must not even... Like, I was just about to say, like, he's recording so much. There's no way he's ducking into studios for this. Like, they're doing that on the bus. Um, which, I mean, most modern, I guess, touring buses have uh, will have a mini studio on it. But then again, I was his sound isn't that complicated. So, yeah, it, it's probably not that hard to, you know, track out these songs he's doing when there's only, you know, he's playing half of it acoustic or... Yeah, totally. You brought up a point during that concert, though, just about, and I don't I hope I'm not stealing your thunder on this one, but just how you were just watching the band, and it just looked like a bunch of buddies on stage having fun. I love that it wasn't like a polished, it did, well, I don't know anything about the band, but I did not get the impression that it is a super polished bunch of... They weren't uh, players that they put together for his backup band. Yeah, they weren't like the A-team of uh, studio musicians, session guys from Nashville that hit the road with this new young phenomenon. Yeah. They got the impression that they're all very good, but they're buddies. It's almost like that, like the the team that wins the championship that was the underdog, <laughs> that like nobody's an all-star. Yeah. Well, Zach Bryan kind of is, but nobody's like a real all-star on their own but coming together, but collectively they beat everybody because like the charisma, the vibe, the energy, like yeah. you just look at them and they're all smiling. They're all just having like such a great time. Like they fuck up here or there. They don't care. They move on or they start, they fully start over a couple yeah. of times. And it's just like, that's endearing too, right? Endearing is the absolute best word for that. And it's like, and it's authentic and it's real. Like 
I, I, I hope he carries that through forever. And he seems to give no fucks and just do his own thing in like a, a nice, happy way yeah. that like, like, as you said, it's, it's, it's endearing. Well, and as a band, it's like, it, they're a band, not his band. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they seemed like they were a collective group, not a backing band, which there's and nothing wrong like... with a backing band, but it's cool to see, you know, them all moving in the, the same, like it, they look like a collective unit of buddies. They seem like music. at least some of them have yeah. been friends since like childhood or for years. And we could be making this up and we could we have, have researched no some of this, but I almost wanted this to just be the initial impression because yeah. we're talking about, you know, with the magic that's making him popular. Yeah. I have so almost, quickly. I have almost no background on him. Like I've yeah, read a couple articles. Like, I've been listening to the I guy know for he two was years. In the Navy for a bunch of years, and then he got an honorable discharge to go make music. It's from Oklahoma, and blah blah blah. Okay, you and, know more about him than I do. Okay, well that that's about the extent of it. And I, I know that he recorded American Heartbreak in New York because he didn't want to be specifically influenced by Nashville, etc., or wherever else he would be recording it. Um, and I, I think a lot of, a lot of that came through and that, that makes sense to me because, but back I, to the band, before we move on to okay. that, it seems like they're like the drummer, like we both just noticed him just like smiling and just happy as shit, just, and really like knocking it out, just sitting there with his Garth Brooks shirt on, <laughs> yeah. and, like very much noticed on the jumbotron a number of times and it's just 100%. like look at this guy there you go with 100 oh, percent now 70 percent. yeah <laughs> and it, it was just like yeah like these guys are like you're you're having the same fun as them by osmosis yeah. and when how many times did he shout out to his uh fiddle player just before a solo or like a little a lead break where he was like and now the best fiddle player in the world and he like <laughs> busts into a sweet fiddle fiddle solo it was like Guy's clearly not the best fiddle player in the world ever, <laughs> but he's definitely amazing. And, but like that love, like the fact that he's like saying that and shouting that out, not once, but like three, four, maybe five times. Like, that's what I thought his name was by the end of it. <laughs> uh, and, and that's awesome. Like I, I, I loved everything about their, their vibe, their energy. Um, and also what seemed to be like a, a genuine surprise for how Canada received him. Yeah, I, I I agree, and and it was it was so refreshing to see, you know, such like it's contagious when you see that kind of fun yeah. on stage, and and that's like I said, very refreshing. The only I was the point I want to jump back to when you said um, about him recording that album in New York, I didn't realize that, but I I don't know if I read it somewhere or I formulated this thought myself, but I find that album's got a bit of like a Springsteen kind of vibe. And he's got a lot of different vibes mixed in, I find. And I've thought of Springsteen a couple times, but yeah. there's, ah, I should have wrote it down, but maybe it'll come to me in the course of the conversation. Well, that's why I wore like my 84 vintage, like Springsteen, uh, oh, baseball tee to that show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> nice. Also, cause I paid $150 for it and I better wear it somewhere. <laughs> anyway. All right. We digress. Yes. I digest. <laughs> I digest. <laughs> That feels like a good time to burp. Um, yeah, it, I, I, I've, I've been thinking about. Sorry, do you, I was just gonna say I'm I'm extremely interested to see where where he goes. What you know how things. It, I mean, I've seen him touring with Willie and shit over the last couple of months. So mm -hmm. he's obviously, you know, he's doing big things. Yeah, so I've I've been thinking about it a little bit, especially since then. Um, 
because I really liked his writing and the music and everything since I've started really getting into it a couple months ago. Um, but especially since the concert, I've been thinking more about it, especially how ravenous these fans were. Um, and this whole generation, like remember when we were standing at the back, uh, like when we went to get a beer and you saw that other guy, like some older dude, like in his sixties that you knew. Yeah. And then like, what did he say? Something like, who is this guy? And how is he commanding all these youth, <laughs> or something like that? Because he just like seemed to have this power and control over all these kids that these old guys had no idea who Zach Bryan was, but yet everyone was like bonkers for him at this show. Well, he knew, he knew who he was, but was expecting was not expecting what he came there. Mm. Well, sorry, I'm saying this. I'm saying this wrong. He knew who he was, but wasn't expecting what he saw there. Right. I guess he was expecting probably a like I saw Coulter Wall at City Folk probably. I don't know. I think it was the first year it changed the City Folk. However long ago that was, yeah, eight, seven, eight years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was a no smattering, more like six maybe. Yeah, five, yeah, six. Even at that, there was like a smattering of people in front of the stage. It yeah. was like wasn't a. You know, he didn't hit, he never hit a level like that with yeah. the youth, if you want to yeah. call it youths. that. The youths. But, uh, sorry, you, this is <laughs> but this guy's somehow done it. And I think you touched on it earlier with like his vulnerability and his accessibility. And it's just, he's covering a lot of age ranges where it's like, you saw there was a lot of like older people there to see him too. They weren't up at the front because it was psychotic up there. Um, but, it's cool that he's covering a lot of different age ranges. Yeah. Well, I, so I've been thinking about it and trying to think about it while I'm listening to his music and like what's really speaking to me. And I feel like what I like most about him is his phrasing, the cadence and the delivery, but it's really his um, imagery of like small town and rural life that I think is really connecting. Um, and that. I think is probably why like more than half of the crowd was who they were um, coming out. It's um, like singing songs about like farming and small town life and like doing hay and, uh, and even like ranching and stuff that he, I think I read somewhere in articles like he's never done or anything. And that's just straight up like songwriting uh, like artistic, fictional phrasing of a story and even that he's doing really well and connecting to those who who are from that life and and know that and it's it, it it's singing songs that hit you nostalgically and sentiment sentimentally for all those like little moments from rural life and or just small town life and when when i think about like what that means like some of the songs where like what's an example um when he's like the song the outskirts one of one of my favorites when he says well well i want a home on the outskirts of town uh come around sundown to hear the sound uh kids and crickets under pinkish skies swing on by because we're drinking tonight uh the smell of fresh cut grass in the yard i don't care who you are drink a fifth bring your heart put down the tailgate i'll play you a tune because out in the skirts we move and shake with the moon and it's just like that sets up like such imagery of like the Friday night, Saturday night, like when you can like smell that fresh cut grass, like a, like the, the soft glow of like the, the evening when everyone, like kids are still running around, uh, parents are kind of coming, popping beers, like put down a tailgate, break out the guitar, like just 
it's nothing special. It, like it's a very ordinary situation, but it's one that is like, this is like going to your cottage, like the kind of thing that we would do there. And like those specifics of those little moments, like putting down the tailgate, busting out a guitar, like the smell of the grass and everything. I feel like he's really good at that imagery. And well, and, and that's a, that is such a huge part of, you know, being a good singer songwriter, being a storyteller, right. Is that you may not have lived it, but you make everybody feel like you have. And that would, you can hearken that back to like, it's very Springsteen esque where, you know, um, I'm just trying to think of a Springsteen song, like highway patrolman or something where it's like, obviously, you know, um, Bruce Springsteen was never his, he never was a cop and his brother didn't, uh, kill a guy and he had to leave him at the border of yeah. Michigan state line or wherever is in that song. But he tells a story like that happened. Yeah. And New Jersey's poet laureate. Yeah. And you, you believe it when, when, you know, Zach Bryan sings these things too. And, and like further to him having had nothing to do with rodeo or anything. And to your point of like how well you write it and make people believe it again, open the gate, which is maybe my favorite song of his, if not like top three, when he's in the opening verses talking about like, I ain't never feared nothing that was four legged and bucking, throw me on a hurricane. I'll ride it to the coast. Like that's such a great phrasing of that kind of bull rider, bronc rider, cowboy ethos that, clearly admittedly he's never done but he's really channeled in that and i think with all of the rest of the authenticity that comes from uh, from his production his i don't know existence in the music sphere like that really connects and comes across as genuine even if it's just fictional songwriting yeah well and i i like too that you know he can go to some darker places too like his quiet heavy dreams album that was 2020 and i I know for sure i'd sent you some stuff off that because i was like that thing was on repeat for me for a while and then you know he gets into songs like birmingham where it's like Mm. full-on you know well i killed a man in birmingham i hit him with tire iron uh and then i'll just i'm not going to sing all the lyrics or say all the lyrics but it's like cops are coming i can feel them here my back is crawling with standing hair wouldn't mind to see a few pigs fall like you know it's it's aggressive and it's still, but it's still in, you know, a country format. And it's, it's cool that the breadth of his uh, breadth of his songwriting can reach that far. Right. And he's, he's touching on lots of different subjects from heartbreak to crime, to rural life to like, and it, I think that's and do, part like, of the wide ranging. appeal. Yeah. Hang. Like, he, he's, there's a lot of hang, a lot of doing <laughs> hay. And like, th- that was something like in summertime blues. I love the lines. Like, bet there's some boys out in Oki that are praying to get the job done, hauling hay and fighting off the sun with ladies waiting in town. Like I lived that like, so, like everybody I knew growing up, like we I, were either working on our farm. We, we didn't really have hay, uh, but my buddies farms did and would go and help them with that or whatever else we were doing that you got to be done before the end of the day. And like, if you are going to a party, if you've got a date or something like ladies are waiting in town or the friends are waiting in town, like you're praying that you're going to get done, uh, load all the hay, get in the barn fast enough to get home, get changed, get to the bar. And like just the way that he phrases and delivers that the imagery is just, it's so good.
that's all. <laughs> I, you looked like you were going to say something there, but uh, <laughs> I was thinking, and I was just uh, quickly drew a blank. But um, and even like little turns of phrase that just mixed in there, like in twenty. So there's a bar around the bend. A man is bending steel. Bl- <laughs> sorry, there's a bar around the bend. A man is bending blues guitar in. It's just like. That's awesome. Like, I, I feel like that is going to be my new Sally sells seashells by the seashore. Like, <laughs> say that five times fast. There's a bar around the bend of the bend. A man is bending blues guitar in. <laughs> like, I, I just, it. you know, you just know he's that guy who we all, I don't know. I think a lot of us had this friend who just always had the guitar in hand and was always just like writing songs, whether they're good, bad, hilarious, sad. Like they were just always just ripping something out on the guitar. And, and, you know what? Not all of it was great. Some of it was stupid. Some of it was hilarious. Some of it was emotional. But I feel like he's just that guy that just always has a guitar in his hand and he's always just playing something and always writing something. And I'm sure that's where all this content comes from is just him and his buddies sitting around. And I, I bet you a lot of this songwriting is like, I don't want to call it collaborative, but it's like he's driving the bus, but there's there's people saying, well, maybe go over here, maybe go over here you know helping them along the way with that imagery and that songwriting and i'm sure it's Possibly. a good time when they you know come up with or when he comes up with all these i haven't these even tunes. looked to see what the credits are on his work is it 100 percent his is he have any like right widths that's a that's a good question yeah, look that up i'm gonna I know, the other thing i was just thinking uh not at all aligned in like very honky tonk country countryness but it just occurred to me that there's another pretty special guy in country music that also was in the military and was singing, playing in bands, writing songs, and then left the military for a super successful music career. A little guy by the name of George Strait. <laughs> uh, so Zach Bryan has, is the sole songwriter on all eight of his current currently charting songs um, okay so that means nobody's really giving him any help with it no because they would have to get songwriting credit for it yeah 100 percent. that's uh yeah that's impressive yeah and so i don't how like, old is this music- kid now i'm wondering he's in his 20s for sure 26 but, yeah i thought fuck it was 26. you zach brian yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> fuck this podcast is over yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was me flipping the mic over yeah <laughs> Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, musically like, and this, this is another thing that's kind of a conversation between us on this is obviously this podcast is called country, country music. And we're very into all the traditional aspects of country and how they evolve into modern. And I would say when I was first hearing this on these records, I wouldn't really call it country, country music. It's somewhere in like full country Americana sort of wheelhouse. Um, I agree with that hundred percent. But then when you factor in like so much folk Americana music doesn't really um, kind of deliver like the country life, the country stories, country. Um, I don't know. Lyrics. What's, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, you're typing something you don't know. Uh, I'm listening. Like the, so I just don't know where you're going with this. Okay. Where I'm going with this is... Like the ethos of it? Ethos. Yeah. The ethos, the lyrics. Um, he very much is doing that. 
And I feel like that's what's really grabbing him and drawing him more firmly in the country genre. Even if it's on the more Americana side of it, it is, it's, it's country music, uh, because it's, it's, it's talking country things, country stories, country places, rural themes. And when we saw him live on top of that, they had, I feel way more pedal steel and probably way more fiddle as well too because they had the greatest fiddle player in the world um on stage that they were live it was much more i don't want to say honky tonk but more like more more country instrumentation than like folk americana kind of instrumentation that we see on the record yeah and and i really appreciated that so like with all of those things combined i feel like he's really kind of Firming himself in a more kind of country country direction rather than like folk Americana. That that was kind of a rambly like no uh, I, I I stream of consciousness. Well, that's what we're here for, right? Yeah. But I, I I think more so I I do see that he's he's definitely finding finding his way, right? And w- w- what I was typing up because I thought there was some relevancy here is when he first first came out as there was all this like this comparison between him and Tyler Childers and one would think that, you know, you'd almost take offense to that. Like, well, I'm trying to do my own thing. Like I'm not that. And I, I actually managed to, I, I don't know how I found this so quickly, but I found some quotes where, you know, his fans, like people were at the very start were, were really making these allegations that he was just like a ripoff Tyler Childers and his fans were, you know, coming out and saying shit like Zach Bryan's way better than ever anything Tyler Childers has ever done. And then I guess he finally had to make some sort of response. He just said, Childers is tenfold the musician I am, and I'll never say otherwise. I can't express it enough that music is not for comparing. It's just stories and people trying to sing what their hearts feel. I'm barely even a musician, and my pet peeve is the constant comparison of everything. Which I think is really cool because... So sorry, Zach, for comparing you to <laughs> other... <laughs> well, no, I, want, I just thought it was relevant because I thought that quote was so cool that it's yeah. like... Because, I mean, we touched on it earlier that, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't the most polished show we've ever seen. It wasn't the most polished group of musicians. But something in the synergy of them all together and their passion and their enthusiasm, it, it all came together to make it like one... Greater than the sum of its parts. 100%. And, uh, 100%. <laughs> that was truly 100%. Yeah, truly 100%. <laughs> um, but I, I think that's... You know, it's it's cool that even he recognizes that too. It's like, yeah, you can compare me, but it's not comparable. Yeah. You know, I'm doing my own thing, and and you hear it all throughout his music too. It's like, you know, a Tyler Childers record is a very, very, very different thing than a, a Zach Bryan record. And you know, maybe there's some light comparisons between their their vocals, but aside from that. It stops there, and I I don't know. I think that quote was cool, and I, I've never actually read that before, so I'm glad I was able to find it and uh, and bring it out on the on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a pretty solid love letter. E- even though we had a bit of a breakdown of like how country is this, where does it come from, how is it developing into it, how do we see it? I, I think solidly, like we were huge fans and uh, even bigger fans now after having went to the show and. Uh, Hopefully he comes back. Hopefully he liked Ottawa and Canada and uh, we'll gladly go to the next show he I think north we'll, of the border for. I think we'll see a lot more of him. I'm, I'm curious to see what's, you know, what's next. Yeah. Um, he seems to be continually going this like kind of indie route, which I like. Um, 
you just always wonder if there's going to be like a, a big budget album around the corner or something like that. I, I feel like there's not Seems going like to be. Seems like he's actively avoiding that. Yeah. And also like further to uh, what was the song? Um, uh, if she wants a cowboy, like I love that. He, there couldn't be a bigger fuck you to Nashville with yeah. that. Like a hey, hey, on the side, had he not, I kind of, I love that it's a jab and that he clearly makes it so with all the little talking parts like this is the best song i ever heard like yeah. fuck it i'm out of here put it on the radio <laughs> and like um this is the greatest writing ever or you guys don't know anything about that like it, yes that's funny and i think that's part of it like you sent me that early on like as soon as this record was coming out yeah and then i was like what is this like <laughs> Is this I a just, joke song? And like, I, I kind of like the song, but like the, the obvious jokes aspects of it kind of like took away from it for me. I guess what I'm saying is like, I feel like if he did that song in the same earnestness of just writing something else, like he did open the gate, uh, or, or one of those songs, um, I probably would have liked it a whole lot more because it's actually a really catchy, good tune. I just like the jab at the jab at auto tune. Nashville, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. hate auto tune oh, so much, me and too. I I find it's it was so sharp. prevalent and yeah, it was, so even like there's even artists I like that like some you know I love John Party, but I find sometimes he'll put a song out and I'm just like, why? Like you can sing, man. You find like, he has auto tune. Not on everything, but I just find there's certain tunes where I'm just like, why? Like I don't this know that I've ever noticed that unnecessary. But I I just find it with a lot of artists where. It's just a tinge, but it still bugs me. Cause mm. Especially when you know an artist can sing. You're like, yeah. who, what producer or whoever was in the mixing room that was just like, you know what this needs? Like, Yeah, I'd be so mad. Like, Pavarotti, we got to do that take again. We just <laughs> yeah. need a little auto-tune. <laughs> anyway, I love I loved that jab. Yeah, it was good. All right, well, let's, uh, let's leave it on the jab. Yeah, cheers uh, to, cheers uh, to uh, Zach, Zach Bryan. Country, country music.